Good afternoon, this is Charles Kelly. How are you doing today? Hope you're all well. Uh, reporting here from London, where it has we've had about three or four days of heavy snow and it's all starting to clear up now so we can get out and about without slipping all over the place. And uh, yeah, the weather's improving a bit, but it's still freezing cold here, as it always is this time of year. So I don't know why we're always surprised. Uh, but but there you go. I hope wherever you are, things are okay. The UK is still in uh, pretty much lockdown situation here. Yeah, you can get out to do exercise, walk in the park. Like there's hundreds of people out there walking in the park. It's hard to not to bump into people, and you can do things like that. But a lot of things are restricted. Restaurants, pubs, coffee places, non-essential shops. Whoever decides that are are closed. I mean, some shops you can go into, like a supermarket. And you can buy all sorts of stuff there uh, and walk out with it. Other shops, no, you can't come in and buy that. And so so clothes shops and I don't know where people are buying shoes for their kids because they grow out of shoes every couple of months. Um, so you, you can't go in and do things like that. Even shops like uh, Argos, uh, yeah, you can buy stuff there, but you have, to, you have to order it online and then stand in the street in the cold and the snow while they come to the door and give it to you so they have a table in front of the door a lot of these click and collect shops they won't let you into the shop now you stay out in the street in the cold and the wet <laughs> and the snow literally and we'll come out and bring you you know here's your item here uh you you can have it now it, it's actually gone crazy uh but but there you go now during this time the virus has been spreading in the uk from almost zero this time last year to you know millions of cases and you think why is that when we're all pretty careful um, but the fact is our borders have been wide open all this time and people might be surprised to know that there were people this time last year just after Christmas last year coming back from China where the virus started you know hundreds of thousands of students there were people flocking in from Italy where the virus was rampant at that time and Spain people coming back from holidays coming back to work and and yet we thought well surely that that changed after a couple of months well no it didn't it carried on and and throughout the year people have been coming in here some estimates are you know between 20 and 40,000 people a day coming into London mostly through airports like Heathrow and Gatwick and from there uh, they were given a letter saying you must self-isolate for 10 days at home or in a hotel and if you don't we'll we'll get, come round and find you well, do you think people listened to that? No, they didn't. They just carried on with their normal businesses. I know they did because I, I met people in that situation who'd come in from America last September where, you know, one of the worst affected countries in the world and they just waltzed in. Uh, they, they used public transport or taxis and, uh, and, and when they got to their destination, they were going around their normal business out and about in the street taking selfies. At that time, restaurants and shops were open, so they were going into restaurants. So, so nobody was enforcing this, and it's it's impossible to actually keep a tra track on, you know, 20,000 people a day. So they could come to the airport and get this letter, so, oh, that's nice. And, and then they just, and the fact they've got to pick up the letter, they're not even given the letter properly. And then they just jump on the underground with, you know, thousands and thousands of each day, people commuting into London. So they're mixing with potentially millions of people in London uh, on the trains and, and crowded underground systems like on the Piccadilly line and obviously spreading this virus. And yet it's only now, this is now, we're in you know, the February 
2020 that the government are finally bringing in any restrictions on people coming in uh, other than giving them a letter or, or banning certain countries. But what it is, travellers now will arrive in, in, in England, uh, and that's just, just England out of the UK, will be forced to stay in hotels and charged for a 10-day stay, £1,750 for 10-day stay. Now, that is not in a five-star hotel, by the way. That's just what they are charging. And one travel expert said that hotels were actually being paid about £30 a night, not £175 a night. And But the rest of the charge is for things like uh, the transportation, the test charging and that sort of thing, which is fair enough. There are administration costs and, and security as well. Uh, so that's not a problem. Other countries have been doing this since last year. I know uh, the Philippines, which is closed to uh, travellers, uh, non-citizens anyway, uh, for, for I think for the last nine months have been insisting that people stay in hotels at their own expense. They have a test at their own expense. And, you know, that, that's the way it is. And people have to accept that. And I know other Asian countries have been doing the same thing or completely closing their borders. Uh, countries like Vietnam have hardly had any and Taiwan have hardly had any deaths or, and cases uh, because and New Zealand as well. Now, I know we can't completely close our borders here, but anyway, the government is finally act, acting and you know, th this will, will happen. Matt Hancock made an announcement yesterday uh, and, and it will apply to even UK people coming back from certain countries on this red list of countries. And when you look at this red list, you think that must include America, that must include China. No, it doesn't. It includes countries like South Africa, Panama, uh, Bolivia and the United Arab Emirates. So, I mean, are there really millions of people coming from those countries here? No. Who's, how many people are traveling from Bolivia to, to the UK? So these red list, red list countries and, and, and a lot of African countries as well, Zimbabwe and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's fine. But what about all the other people traveling in every day? From, from the states and, and from other countries. And, and yet, at the same time, we're not allowed to travel to their countries. We can't even go there. Oh, no, we don't Brits. No, you are, um, you know, Virus Island or whatever they call us. And you think, well, why, why can't we put in reciprocal arrangements there if we're not allowed to travel? Even France has said, we don't want you here. And we're supposed to be, you know, almost free movement of labour, free movement up until recently. Uh, and we've got the, of course, we've got the tunnel going into France, so if you want to travel, really, most places in Europe, you would go through the tunnel or on a ferry and then drive out through Europe. Well, apparently French, the French don't want you now. Anyway, the rules are now that anyone breaking the rules could be put in prison even uh, and fined up to £10,000. However, this doesn't apply to all of the country, all of the nations, because Scotland have got their own rules. Nicola Sturgeon's brought out her own version of this, and she said that any overseas Travellers flying into Scotland will have to go into quarantine hotels, wherever you're coming in from. And to me, that seems more sensible, although I don't suppose Scotland is a major destination like, like London Heathrow is for, for people travelling and transiting uh, through hubs. You know, that, that's just a fact, the way it is. And Scotland has a much lower population, probably similar to somewhere like New Zealand. So the UK has now suffered 113,000 virus deaths or, or so-called virus deaths, these are now put down as people who've tested positive and died after a certain amount of time. Uh, that's what they call a virus death. And But 12 million people have received this, this vaccination. So that's, that's what's going to be happening. You can read all about it. Uh, people will also be required to take 
test during their stay and take a test before they, they leave and airports, airlines will have to uh, enforce that. So we're kind of relying on airlines to enforce this. And uh, and then they will go to these designated hotels. But apparently they've only got, you know, I, I think less than 30 hotels lined up for this. Uh, but they say that there are thousands of rooms available during the, the, this uh, 16 hotels actually contracted for this with 4,600 rooms secured for this this exercise and the hotels will probably be glad of the business because they are uh, empty and suffering at the moment. Uh, so, so that's what you can read all about that. Uh, it will apply from Monday, which I think is the 15th, depending on when you're, you're looking at this. Um, and so up until that time, people can just come in from those countries, you know, willy nilly. Uh, so the other question that's on people's mind at the moment is will property prices crash in 2021? And the simple answer to that is nobody really knows. Uh, at the moment, property prices are going up, although they did dip slightly in January, which is seasonal anyway. But after going up for most of last year, they did dip in January. So, so that, that might be a little bit of a, a warning sign, but we, we don't know. A lot of experts are saying that they will not crash. And in fact, it, it's defied all logic. It's defied gravity, in, in, in other words. Uh, despite we've had the worst recession in 300 years, massive unemployment, people losing their jobs, people on furlough, uh, people unable to get a mortgage during the last year, and yet the average property price jumped by 7% last year. Yes, prices jumped and it's still buoyant. You might say, why is it jumped? A lot of people say it was pent up demand. Some people are saying it's due to this stamp duty holiday, this taxation holiday on property when you buy a property, which could save people 10, 15,000 pounds per transaction. But that's probably not all of it. Um, and yeah, so the market's still going up, in fact. Um, I, I, I was at an online auction yesterday with Savills, a huge company, and they've sold £100 million worth of property, hundreds of transactions in the last three auctions. Uh, I think they had one in December, November, October. I can't remember, but in the last three auctions, they've sold uh, £100 million worth of properties. And the Tuesday auction yesterday witnessed, I, I witnessed myself, I watched it nearly the whole day, uh, from nine in the morning till about five. I, I was interested in a few bits, which I didn't get, but they sold 37 million pounds worth of properties in, in one day. Uh, there were certainly more than 100 transactions. And some of these properties were over the million pound mark, uh, 1.89, I think it was nearly 2 million, one property sold in Wandsworth. There was one for 4 million, which didn't sell. So some of the properties didn't reach their reserve, but I'm sure deals will be done afterwards. But that's a lot of property. I mean, you think when an average estate agent might sell 10 or 15 in a month that, you know, they sold well over 100 in, in a day and and worth over 37 million. And, you know, obviously that takes a lot of preparation. You know, auctions have a, a one or two month lead in where they they list the properties. People are allowed to go out and see the properties and view the properties on certain dates. And at that time, auctions are for, for uh, not not, you know, they're for the, for the brave, really, for the for the investors that kind of know what they're doing. Because if you buy at an auction, when that hammer goes down, when they say sold, you are committed to buying. It's not like putting in an offer for a property and then messing around for two or three months before you actually exchange contracts. Uh, when the hammer goes down, you've exchanged contracts, you're committed to buy. So you could be sued if you try and back out of the transaction. And with an online thing, you just press this button, you think it goes to another page and then it says, are you sure you want to bid? No, when you press that button, you bid for a property. Uh, so it's, it, it's a little bit scary. 
but uh, auctions are a way of finding potentially cheaper properties uh, but you've got to do your due diligence before you you've, you bid on it because you haven't got time to do that afterwards uh, with a normal transaction you put in an offer and you say I want to buy that property they say right we'll take it off the market and then you start doing all your legal checks and your due diligence and the solicitor does all the searches and that sort of thing and you do a survey and then you buy it so your offer is kind of subject to uh, legal and and your survey but on, on an auction it's not and you know a lot of people go in and bid for I've, I've done it myself I bid for stuff that I haven't even physically seen or surveyed uh, so it, it can be a little bit dangerous uh, so you've got to be careful and it's not for everybody but you can find cheap properties there were properties sold in the London area in Greater London for less than two hundred thousand pounds yesterday there were properties sold for just over a hundred thousand in the UK and as I said there were properties sold for millions but it was very busy and in fact uh, the some of the properties were going for a hundred thousand over guide price one property uh, when I think it was guided at around 350 it went for 550 it was it was certainly over 200,000 pounds over guide another one I was looking at myself 495 it went for uh, just under 600,000 so a lot of stuff was selling at quite high prices now guide is not necessarily the reserve but it's what uh, it's, it's like a sticker price if you like to get you interested the reserve price at which the property must reach to, to be sold is, is usually higher than the guide but one property in London uh, went for what what it was guided for uh, it was a very small studio flat just off the Marylebone Road uh, in it was either W1 or NW1 or W2 maybe but it was right in in in, in more or less in the centre of London not exactly in the centre but certainly in central London area uh, off the Marylebone Road very near to Baker Street for instance and and that sold for I think three hundred and fifteen thousand, which was the guide price. But it was a tiny little flat, almost a studio. They called it a one bedroom, but it was more like a hotel room in size, you know. Uh, so, but somebody bought that. It's a little pad in London, right there uh, for three hundred thousand pounds. So that that to me is a bit of a bargain. Uh, there are other properties there that were falling down and really needed complete refurbishment. And you'd want to really see those properties to make sure there's no structural defects there. But nevertheless, stuff was selling and it was it was a quite a good busy auction. There was also some commercial stuff there as well. And, and also it was interesting to note that a lot of commercial properties sold prior, sold before the auction. So uh, people were going in there, putting in offers prior to the, the actual auction itself. And you can do that. I bought a property years ago at an auction prior to the auction I think I offered them what the guide was and we got it you know and that turned out to be a very very good investment and and we didn't do any uh, survey on that either but we knew it, it structurally it looked sound <laughs> that's all I can say uh, but it needed a lot of work done to it so yeah auctions are there now if you want to get into property I, I think you, you should get proper training and don't just go out and buy a buy to let for the sake of it because you can make some serious mistakes. Now there's a there's a seminar on tonight, a webinar uh, tonight at 7 p.m. run by a friend of mine. I've been on his training before, and he's very very good. A guy called Kevin McDonnell, um, and he's he's offering what what he calls tonight a free training session, ultimate guide to buying property. Um, learn how to to make at least a thousand pounds a month from property without using your own money, uh, using all the latest strategies. He's a very very, very clever guy. He went from broken in debt by £100,000 to being a multimillionaire now. So I would definitely recommend his training. 
and it's free. Yes, they're going to try and uh, pro probably sell you one of their paid for courses after it. But I think you'll learn a lot from that. I'll certainly look in on that because it's definitely you can always learn something new. So it's something that um, you, you can you know, it's the newbies that go into property that make the mistakes. So if, if you can avoid that by, by listening to free training like this, then it's, it's certainly worthwhile doing. Uh, so when will properties go up or down this year? Nobody really knows. Um, I suspect that prices have probably reached a peak, but there is so much money being printed by the government here and in America where they're printing nearly $2 trillion to stimulate the economy that in those cases, usually asset prices have risen. Uh, we saw this in the 2008 crash when a lot of money was pumped into the economy by governments. We saw that asset prices went up and, and it caused asset price inflation. Uh, so if you're sitting on a lot of cash, you're finding that your, your cash, your money in the bank is devaluing in value because of inflation. It's losing its buying power. And if assets are going up, like property, gold or, or commodities, then you could be losing out if you sit on that cash for too long. However, the time to make money on the property is not 10 years down the road, it's when you buy it. So if you, if you use the right strategy, you can get property at below market value, you can get it at the right price, or you can buy property at a, at a low price that needs work done to it, that you can add value to it, maybe you can add another room, you can just decorate it, or you can refurbish it. Sometimes you can uh, add substantial value by going into the loft, adding rooms, uh, and that in that case you could you can make money on property now, not in hoping it will go up in value. If you just go out and buy at market price, then it, and and the market does drop, then you could it could be years before you get your money back. Uh, I remember buying a property and it took six years before the market recovered. Uh, at that time, that was in the nineties. So you know it can happen. But if you buy right at the right price, so you're either buying below market value, and if you've got cash, you can do this, or you can access cash through investors, you can buy stuff at below market value. Stuff in the auction yesterday was it below market value, there's no doubt about it, especially property that needs work doing to it. Um, and people can make money in that situation. So if, you, if you're buying stuff that you can add value to, and you can you know add maybe 20% to it and, and make a profit on it, that's fine. It doesn't matter whether the market's slightly shaky, but if you're buying at, at, at list price, if you're buying at uh, retail price, if you like, then this this is maybe a, a difficult time. We, we don't know if property, properties might fall. Uh, even though there's money being pumped into the market, there'll still be a lot of unemployed people this year. We know that. We know that uh, a lot of people will be losing their jobs. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, the market could go one way or the other. My, my personal feeling is that at some stage, uh, the stock market and the property market have, have got to correct itself. That not, not, is not necessarily a crash. It's got to correct itself at some stage. And it could happen this year. It could happen next year. It could happen the year after. But, but there you go. You've got to make your own decisions. I'm not your financial advisor, although I used to be a financial advisor. I'm not your personal financial advisor. So you've got to make your own uh, decisions on this. Uh, but the, the main thing with property is to get training and buy right at the time, then you're secure. And that's the same for share investing. Warren Buffett buys right at the time. He buys shares that are below market value, if you like, at that time, which happens. And he buys right. So he's not worried about the general market. He is sitting on a lot of cash, by, by the way. He's sitting on uh, nearly 200 billion 
pounds, dollars worth of cash waiting to swoop in uh, like, like the sharks when, when the market goes down, he will swoop in and, and suck up all the bargains. That's, that's his style. So a lot of property investors are doing the same thing as well. So there you go. But if you want to learn about property, join Kevin's uh, free property training session tonight at 7 p.m. That will be in a couple of hours time. Just register for it. It's absolutely free. And I'll put a link up on, on this Facebook page. So thanks for listening and have, have a great evening.